Hi, this is Jordan Shively. Hi, this is Brock Wilbur. And you're listening to Caring Into the Void, the podcast where we get together, tell each other about a weird or sometimes dark story we've heard, and then we try to find the silver lining or just flip it around into something that, while usually not very positive, will at least be productive. And today, we actually have some guests on the show. Guests, introduce yourselves and tell us about your show. Ladies first. Um, my name is Katie Schultz, and along with the other guest on this podcast, we host a- another podcast called Trying Times. Um, yep. And my name is Scott Wampler. I'm the news editor at Birth Movies Death, and I am also the co-host of the Trying Times podcast. Scott's here. I love Scott so much. This is so good. Scott's here. Thank you. Let's also be excited about Schultz, though. We can't leave her out. She's my co-host. I don't have as much of a web presence. It's okay if people aren't excited. <laughs> I've been waiting to have a conversation with Scott for like four years. I've known Katie for a couple of months. We're, we're, we're balancing it out in, in equal measure. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. I will just be excited about Katie then and just be very ambivalent about Scott just to wait, weigh it out. Yeah, we need to even it out. <laughs> you know what? In, ge- in general, we should be ambivalent about Scott. That feels like the right choice. <laughs> Ambivalent about Scott is the name of the name of my <laughs> upcoming memoir, actually. So in my head, I'm trying to do Scotty doesn't know, but it's I'm ambivalent about Scott. It doesn't really uh, play in. So, what is your podcast trying times about? <laughs> well, um, let's see. Uh, we do strange things or odd things or things we wouldn't think about doing or things other people do and we don't understand or unpleasant things increasingly unpleasant things is a lot of it because i think more more people are intrigued by that you guys did 24 hours in a walmart uh trying to survive there but also not be caught for spending 24 hours in a walmart how how eldritch nightmare did that become (laughs) It was like limbo. Yeah, it was awful. Absolutely awful. It It, shattered our psyches. There's no sense of time. Yeah, and then when we got out of the Walmart, the whole, like, Austin doesn't get a lot of, like, rain or overcast, but the whole um, uh, neighborhood was covered in fog. Oh, God. Which is very rare. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you couldn't see, like, more than 100 feet in front of you. Yeah, it it was like the mist. It was creepy. As shit. Silent Hill Walmart. <laughs> so it was like Walmart and then Barovia. Yeah. And then you went back inside of Walmart. <laughs> it felt as though we had permanently shattered our brains when we walked out the door and there was just a wall of mist. It felt like reality, reality. We were in a different dimension at that point, like mentally and physically. To be fair, I think you guys could survive the mist if it was in a Walmart. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. They had pretty much everything you'd need in there. They had googly eyes. Yeah. They had googly eyes. They had Amish porn. They had a lawn and garden section. <laughs> I mean, what else do you fucking need, you know? Yeah. They had uh, lawn lights. Your ranking of these things confounds me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did the people who work there start to notice and like start to give you the secret Walmart hand signs and lead you to like the, the real Walmart? That would have made it so much more exciting than it actually was. They could not have given less of a shit about us being there. I'm I'm no. pretty confident that until no one noticed until the very end of it. Yeah, no one had any idea that we were there, and we were just walking in circles. Is the secret haunted Walmart? Is that just a Sam's Club that's underground? <laughs> oh no, it's a Costco, I believe. No, uh, Sam's Club is uh, Walmart related. Costco's its own thing. So Sam's Club's was on the nose, <laughs> and like the dossier of like 
plot of like food clubs that you had to do before you went on this mission? <laughs> you know all this information? <laughs> we did case a couple yeah. of Walmarts before. We did. Yeah, like went in and we're like, all right, well, this one has electrical outlets. As we're going to need those. This one, we like the patio section, but not quite enough. I like to imagine that there were some Walmart employees that saw you casing the joint and couldn't figure out what the deal was. Like you were just being all shifty eyes and writing in like an old timey journalist notebook. (laughs) The thing with Walmart employees is they are not paid enough to care. Right. They give zero shits. Yeah. They do not notice that you have been there. They're not paying attention. We raced rascal scooters around that motherfucker, and they could not have cared less. I mean, I imagine you worked there for the free Triscuits. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone noticed us because at the end, we were scared that someone had noticed us. But thinking about it uh, in hindsight with a rational brain now, I'm like, no one noticed us. Right. We were just like paranoid and tired and there was a police station nearby and we didn't want to deal with anybody and we gave up. That's really what it was. It's also funny to me that you like you followed up this uh, an adventure like this by like then interviewing Sean Young. Like you, your podcast has no rules for what could happen yeah. next. <laughs> I would have to. I, I'm not sure which one of those things I enjoyed less. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> Oh, I would much rather interview Sean Young again than spend any more time in a Walmart. This is like true. anytime I go into a Walmart now, I have like I get like all clenched up and I'm like, I don't want to be here. Right. And that was probably mean to Sean Young. I'm gonna walk that back a little bit, but it was difficult. Um it was difficult biting our tongues when she like, look, before the show, we had a conversation about whether or not we were gonna talk about her politics. And she has some very um unique ideas, Miss Sean Young. <laughs> and so we were like, well, are we going to bring this up or not? And we ultimately decided that we wouldn't. We just wanted to talk to her about stuff she's done in the movies. Um, <laughs> and it came up anyway. Yeah, unless she brought it up. And within within like two minutes, she was talking about the slogans yeah, the, or the Bilderberg group or some crazy shit. And, and Schultz and I just looked at each other like, oh, my fucking God, like that was instant. And then there was about 45 minutes where we were like, we didn't even know what to say to her. You know, it was not. Well, I was just asking questions about her reasoning, but I mean, you can only get so far with that. I think we agreed on a lot of what the problems were, but we disagreed wholeheartedly on how to fix them. Yes. So uh, this is our crossover episode. We're inviting you guys here to carrying into the void and you guys have uh, a weirdo nightmare lore sort of news story to share with us. What is that? This is correct. Schultz, you want to explain it? No, no, it's yours. Okay. You go for it. All right. Well, we're here to talk about time slips. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with this concept, it is the idea that there are places uh, maybe around the earth, but specifically located apparently in this one neighborhood in Liverpool, England, where you might, uh, be walking up the street, minding your own business, turn a corner, and all of a sudden you've gone through a time warp and you're actually in the 1950s or the 1960s, and you're trapped there for, you know, until time itself decides you to spit you back to your actual time timeline. Is there any sort of limitation on this? <laughs> uh, not that I'm aware of. Um, I'm not sure who's in charge or who to ask about that, but as the stories that have been reported to... Um, well, this website where we found this story uh, are um, 
they all seem to take place within about I don't know twenty minutes or so. People are people are trapped in the past, and they're all within this one street. Yes, it's all on uh, Bold Street, Bold Street in Liverpool, England. Um, the most notable case is uh, a guy and his wife are uh, out shopping. She goes into a store. Uh, he, he's catching up with her or something and starts noticing that all the cars are from the 50s and 60s. He's seeing street signs or or store signs that weren't there before and very quickly realizes that he's no longer in his own time period. Uh, Well, I don't think he realizes it, but like it's it's like he walked onto a movie set is kind of the vibe I'm getting from it. And then there's this other lady across the street also dressed in modern clothes like he is. And then they kind of hang out for a second, and then when they leave a shop, it's back to normal. Boom, done. So it's, it's this normal. weird prank that's like a, a time period film shot, and just didn't tell two people on the street, and they managed to wander out with seeing a without seeing a production assistant, and now they are forever haunted by this memory that they think they have. It would be pretty funny if this guy was retelling the story and was like, "Yeah," and then there were, uh, <laughs> there was craft services set up like on on one of the street corners. <laughs> I'm sure that's unrelated. There was a guy telling me not to go in and that they were filming in there. And I don't understand. This guy from the 50s was like, stay out of the fucking shot. And I don't know what that means. I've always heard that uh, Danny Boyle, (laughs) in order to get the uh, empty street sequences in London, uh, that their production team, because they had no budget, hired strippers to just go stand in the middle of traffic and, and strip. And that's what caused the traffic to stop. So I'd love it if, as he left, he was also like, and there were some titty ladies. I don't know. I don't know what that had to do with the time travel, but they were there and they had made the cars stop. (laughs) That story can't possibly be true, though, right? No, it can't be true. I hope it is. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way that's true. I don't. Yeah. I mean, well, no. (laughs) Really? Katie, you, the last person on my team, has also bailed. I was trying to rationalize it, but I don't think so. <laughs> well, like uh, I read one story somewhere about um, slowing traffic down. Like uh, maybe I think it was a story about how to control traffic in other countries. And one of them was that there were ladies with their boobies out. I think it was like Russia or something like that. And it was supposed to slow traffic down. And I think it worked. I'm not sure. I don't remember the article. This was a thing that was an a- an official government thing it's so much sadder if it didn't work because then just cars are driving over them (laughs) yeah it sounded like an i mean like i don't have any idea how accurate this is this is just something i read on the internet it does not make it true but the idea behind it was yeah like boobies will slow down traffic the government hired boobies what if this is our carrying into the void story that all four of us have different stripper movie stories but they don't really line up (laughs) that would be weird that wouldn't be we're all just lying they all involve traffic being stopped for for a very limited period of time but this is a story about time traveling for a very limited period of time what would you guys do with like a five to ten minute window of time travel (laughs) hmm that's a tough question. Um, Am I limited to the neighborhood? Am I limited to Bold Street? And well, what, what fiction do you think sets the boundaries for this? What stories do you guys uh, think that this corresponds to? Well, it's... There's a lot of Stephen King in here. You know, the idea of, of thinnies and the idea of, like, dimensions basically being right up against each other at all times, and then sometimes you kind of pass through. Or uh, and there's a little Lovecraft in there. 
Um, but my, my, my thought is initially Doctor Who, which there's a couple of stories uh, in which he gets stuck in time and because he's immortal, just like winds up back in the 50s and just lives through stuff again. But there are a lot of stories in Doctor Who where like one of his companions just gets left somewhere and then they're dropped off in time forever and forgotten and then they die. Especially early on in the show in the 60s, <laughs> they would just erase people's... Yeah, he's a real shitbag to his companions. So like, that's what this one feels more like. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Who is a shithead. That's awful. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> He's very much the Neelix of, like, BBC Dude. sci-fi. Doctor Who literally ghosting motherfuckers. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, the toxic you, gaslighting this is character. Not... Oh, my God. Go back and rewatch Voyager and tell me that Neelix isn't a toxic gaslighting boyfriend. And I've never watched Doctor Who, so I, I have no yeah. context here, but I'm... Uh... I've watched a couple episodes, but not enough to fully get the lore behind it. But if that happened, I would immediately stop watching. That's that's a good call, and that's what I should have done years ago. I think this is our our first guest episode, and it's our first shots fired at a fandom ever. So this is it's going well. I mean, like if 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 we're supposed to be behind a character that just leaves people and abandons them. <laughs> That's not a good character. That's not somebody I want to be following around. He's a bad person. I'm sure he had his reasons. Oh, and, and no, but what makes it worse is that sometimes uh, he was like, I'm done with this companion. I'm going to wipe their memory of the last like five years of all the adventures we went on. And then I'll just drop them back into their time. But some of the people he grabbed, like he grabbed in the middle of like fucking wars and stuff like in the 1800s. And like, he just drops these people back in and, and now the wars are just over. And, and you're just like, the next frame is basically like that person dies and you're like, so cool. They died, but also didn't keep, get to keep their memories and no one else remembers them either. Sure. Or even more brutal is the one that his companion who like, he wipes her memory Fuck. and drops her back into her brutally humdrum suburban existence. Without any memory uh, of having like gone and done anything, God, and it just like pans out, and she's like, "I guess I'll put the tea on," you know, and it's like, "Oh fuck you!" Good, that's dark as fuck, dude. Really so yeah, we don't we don't like Doctor Who. Shots fired. Uh, Jordan, do you have a carrying into the void for this episode? Okay, so on that note, carrying into the void, the path you are walking might not be the one you had in mind when you set out. The steps were at first familiar, the turns and bends that used to be what as well known as the palm of your own hand are now a darkened maze that presses down behind you like a wet breath on the nape of your neck. Familiar lights that once lit your way now shine with a feral intelligence that seemed to follow your faltering footsteps like a hungry, eager heartbeat. But this is not the end. The end is coming, yeah. Indeed, it is slowly stalking every one of us through the maze of our endless numbered days. But today, today is not that day. Today, the path you are walking is the right path because you are on it. And the very act of putting one foot in front of the other makes this path yours. And each step into this unfamiliar land is another step taking you to the thing that you first set out to find. And find it, you will. Eat shit, Doctor Who. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. 
Uh, I am at Brock Wilbur on Twitter. Uh, Here's my self-care thing for the week. Uh, Get a fucking vitamin D uh, multivitamin thing or just the single vitamin. Uh, You would not believe how little uh, sunlight you get doing your idiot computer job indoors and uh, how much better you'll feel almost immediately having just this one pill a day. I... I thought it was going to be a stupid thing. I've been doing it for two weeks and uh, it, it prevented, I, I reached a point where my, I haven't had seasonal affective disorder because I haven't been in, in seasons for 10 years while I lived in LA. And last week my wife found me sobbing uncontrollably and was like, what's, what are you thinking about? And I was like, Oh, this series finale of parks and rec. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, when I said it out loud, she was like, so that's not like a, a real, <laughs> A big boy thought now is it i was like no uh time to go time to go work on something <laughs> <laughs> vitamin d helping out uh, amazingly along with you know all the other pills that you should take to not be insane uh scott what is your handle where can people find you <laughs> uh my handle is at scott wampler bmd and uh people can find me on twitter or birthmoviesdeath.com. uh any any sort of self-care that you do yeah, uh, cyber bully Republicans online. Uh, it, it accomplishes nothing, but um, God damn it if it isn't satisfying. Katie, where can people find you? What do you do to take care of your shit? Um, I'm at on Twitter at, at Dingzip. Um, and what do I do for self-care? I mostly go see my cat. My cat lives at my parents' house because uh, my roommates don't want him. And uh, oh. I, I know, I'm real sad about it, but... But I go in and put my face on my cat. That's so sad. <laughs> is, you, is your roommate Doctor Who? Can we just tie this all together? No, they just don't want a litter box, and I don't. I can just them. imagine your cat when you're gone, and your cat's just like, "Is mom ever coming back, buddy?" <laughs> he does. I love my cat, but he he can he has no feeling. Like oh. he's empty. He's totally empty. Like my old cat, you could see like hate and love and all emotions in his eyes. This one, it's blank. Blank as I love your, shit. I love your new cat named Vessel. <laughs> you can just pour everything in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this one's just a vessel. Jordan, where can people find me? You online and what are you doing? <laughs> um, currently, you probably find me easiest at at Hottest Singles, doing the Dread Singles Twitter account. You can find me on the WebDM Twitch channel every Wednesday at 7 p.m. playing in the Unearthly Twilight game from Monty Cook Games. Um, upcoming and writing, I will have stuff coming out with City of Mist. And um, you can find stuff I design over at voidmerch.net. Buy shit, support Jordan. Uh, lead us out, bud. All right, this was another episode, a little different one, but still remember to keep your heart stark and true and your teeth sharp and mini, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.